Hello and welcome to Love Thy Lawyer, where we talk to real lawyers about their lives in and out of the practice of law, how they got to be lawyers, and what their experience has been. I'm Lewis Goodman, the host of the show, and yes, I'm a lawyer. Nobody's perfect. He is currently a partner in a downtown Oakland civil litigation firm. He has litigated multiple civil cases through jury trial. He has had experience handling misdemeanor and felony criminal cases. He has a background in journalism and has served with several organizations promoting civil rights, and he has volunteered to assist families of incarcerated individuals. Ryan Kraft, welcome to Love Thy Lawyer. Thanks for having me. I'm very happy to talk to you on the podcast. We met in... in interesting way in that I had a criminal case where there were substantial restitution claims being made by the victim in the case involving an automobile accident, and you represented the same client in the civil litigation as part of an insurance settlement, and I was frankly very impressed by the way you and your colleagues handled that case, and we ended up with a very good disposition all around. So I'm happy to to talk to you a little less formally. Uh, so am I. That, that was quite the interesting case, and, and, and difficult as well. But I do agree that the end resolution was good for our mutual client. And that's what matters most. Where are you from originally? You know, I was born in California, Southern California, but I grew up all my formative years in Chicago, not downtown suburbs, western suburbs. And I lived there until I was 16. And then I moved to Arizona. What sort of practice do you have? We touched on it for a moment, but why don't you tell us what kind of practice you have in your view? We are civil litigation, insurance defense primarily. And so whatever people could be insured for with our insurance carrier clients, we, we might uh, be representing them or defending them in uh, a litigation. How big a firm is it? There are four partners and five associates. And you're one um, of the partners, is that correct? Yeah, that's right. I'm one of the partners. How long have you been with that firm? I started at the firm in June of 2018. Okay. So you said that you uh, grew up mainly in the Chicago area, but then you moved to Arizona. Where did you go to high school? A uh, school called Hinsdale South in Hinsdale, Illinois, and then I went to a second high school called Mountain Ridge in the Phoenix area. Well, those were sort of must have been different experiences coming from Chicago and then ending up in Arizona. Certainly the weather's different. It was a shock. Very, very different cultures and climates. Yeah, I mean, it was difficult to, to leave high school as a sophomore and leave all the friends I grew up with and move to a new place and have to meet new people at that time. But then additionally to just completely change climates, you know, that was, that was strange too. I, I played football during, you know, my years growing up and in high school and, you know, football in Chicago is very different than football in Arizona. Well, I mean, Arizona's horribly hot, but over time I really began to love Arizona and, and the reason for that is simply that I love the sun. And because of that, I wanted to stay on the West Coast after I graduated from law school and ended up here. 
Well, after you graduated from high school, where'd you go to college? University of Arizona. How was that experience? Loved it. Most people do, um, don't they? College was a great time. And the University of Arizona was a warm, pretty place to go to school. Again, sunny, ride a bike around. I met a lot of good friends at the University of Arizona, and I very much enjoyed my undergrad education. I was a creative writing major and a journalism major, and I really liked both of those things. So undergrad really hit on all cylinders uh, for me. I had a great time. At some point, you decided to go to law school. When did you first start thinking about being a lawyer, deciding, you know, I really want to go to law school. I want to be a lawyer. I, it was the middle, middle of undergrad. I was a journalism major at the time and, you know, I had to think about what would come after a graduation and law seemed to be an option. And so I took the LSAT and kind of set that up, though I hadn't fully decided. I did not fully decide to go to law school until I was a senior in in undergrad. I had already been accepted to schools and I was still deciding whether to actually do it or not. So I, I decided to pursue it as an option to have it back have it as a backup plan at the very least. And I ended up pulling the trigger shortly before I graduated. I think one thing that people don't realize is how written, word-driven the law really is. People think of lawyers and they think of, uh, you know, courtroom drama, that sort of thing. And, you know, I mean, obviously that's, that's part of it. But certainly law school is a matter of being able to communicate well in writing. And I would imagine that the journalism background you had really assisted you as far as that's concerned. I don't know about that. Really? Different form of writing. Okay. It's a different form of writing. Journalism is is kind of short, punctual, telling a story, and it's organized in a way to where, you know, you expect people to stop reading after the first few paragraphs, and so you try to jam, you know, information into those. Whereas law is much more argument based and much more f- focused on on practicalities, and is extremely biased. I mean, if you're presenting something to a judge, obviously it's going to be aimed at convincing them of your position, even if there are weaknesses. And and so I, I think they, they are fundamentally different, at least in my opinion. What did your friends and family say or think when you decided to be a lawyer and you told them that? Well, you know, I think my dad actually recommended it at one point. Not uh, in any forceful way, but just kind of floated the idea like, hey, Ryan, have you ever thought about law school? That was, you know, when I was early on in, in, in my undergrad career. When, when it came time to decide to go, I don't think they questioned it at all. Probably made a lot of sense to them. I've always been a, a relatively headstrong, argumentative. So I think they, they got it. Danny, you know, it's a higher degree of education. I, thought, I, think, I think they thought it was appropriate. When you got out of law school, what was your first legal job? I worked on my own. How did you get from, from Tucson, Arizona to Alameda County? Well, I guess, I guess that takes me, takes me back to, I, I have to go back in time to, to explain this process. I was in Cochise County working at, interning at the Cochise County Attorney's Office, my 1L year. And then I decided to go visit New York City for the first time. 
And I went to New York City and I visited a friend there and I thought New York City was just the coolest place I'd ever been. And uh, at that point, I decided I was going to live in a big city. I wanted to live in a place with good public transit, a place where I didn't have to drive much. And I started to think of where that was going to be. And certainly wasn't going to be Chicago. And then I landed on San Francisco. Thought San Francisco would be a good place to to go. Now, I was unable to lock down any sort of job while in law school over here in, in the Bay Area. And so I took the bar exam and packed up my car and just moved here. And then waited for my bar results to come in, and they came in, and still didn't have a job, and I needed to start making money somehow. And then there was the panel defense program, and so I joined that. And then I happened to, you know, meet attorneys here and there who I could help and associate with and different matters and who helped me along. But primarily, I did misdemeanor criminal defense for about two and a half years. How did you go from there to the firm that you're at? Well, then uh, I was notified of a position at a different civil litigation firm and made a decision to close up shop and go work for a firm. And I ended up being able to work with some excellent attorneys, notably David Hunter, who spent just hours upon hours teaching me and molding me into an attorney. And you get great experience working in-house insurance defense. It's a it's a great way to to catch up to speed, so to speak. And then it was time to move on from there. And I came over my, my, my present firm. What do you really like about practicing law? Obviously, you're someone who has the wherewithal and the ability to do lots of things, but you've decided to practice law and it sounds like you're thriving at it. There are a lot of things I like about the law, but I think my favorite is when I have a case and the case involves another attorney who I'm on the same wavelength, whether that be a co-defendant attorney or a co-counsel or the plaintiff attorney. And the case is a problem. The, you know, every, every case is a, is a problem. It's got to be solved I don't, in some way. You know, I, they're all different. They're all unique problems, but they're all problems, like little puzzles. Right. And I mean, people don't don't in general come to lawyers when their life is just going great. People <laughs> or companies or insurance companies or plaintiffs or whatever. I mean, I mean no matter what it is, when someone yeah. goes and seeks the advice of an attorney, it's because there's a problem. There, well, there's a problem. And well, and some attorneys make those problems worse, compound them with with poor decisions or greed or or poor advice or lack of competence or lack of diligence or inability to see that their client is not telling the truth. But other attorneys are the opposite. So I like when the other attorneys are on the same wavelength as me and we, in a way, yeah, even though it's an adversarial system, are kind of coordinating efforts to solve this problem together in a way that satisfies everyone. And it gives me a lot of hope and, and confidence that those things will continue to, to happen in my, in my career. Because frankly, what we do is very difficult and stressful. So you need stuff like that. You need positive things. 
Would you recommend the law to a young person seeking a career choice? Depends who they are, right? This stuff is difficult. It's hard. Being an attorney is hard in, in so many different ways. Time management, communication skill, reading comprehension, being able to, you know, kind of just be headstrong and, and present an argument, being able to recognize when you're wrong and, and step back. You're the person who has been chosen to guide this other person or people through this process. And so you you got to be a leader. You got to be someone who is ready to do that at all times. You know, it's kind of a roundabout way to just say, man, you got to have a lot of, you got to have a lot of talents. And I think maybe the paramount one is leadership skills uh, on top of intelligence and integrity and all sorts of other things. How is actually practicing either met or differed from your expectations about it? That's an interesting question. I suppose I had no expectations when I first decided to become an attorney. And then law school, I don't think really prepped me for what it was really going to be like. Law school is fine and all. I don't mean to come down on it. They teach us necessary skills, but not the not the social dynamics of of the law. I have been surprised by the fallibility of us attorneys. I suppose we're all just people, you know, just just like anybody else and and we make mistakes. What do you think's the best advice that you've ever received? I was in, in Cochise County, Bisbee, Arizona, working for the Cochise County Civil Attorney's Office and the the civil deputy attorney there had won an appeal. And he came into my office and he said, Hey, come on, let's go to the Copper Queen and and celebrate and we got a beer and he said hey ryan you know make sure during your career to always take time to enjoy your successes and i do that as much as i possibly can if i succeed at something or if i accomplish something and i'm satisfied with it i take a moment i take an evening to relax sit back reflect and be pleased that I was able to do something very difficult and then move on to the next, but at least take that moment and take a breath, you know, and, and recognize that what we do is hard and it's cool when you succeed. What's your family life like and how has practicing law affected that? That's just me and my wife and our cat. I would say that practicing law has affected it in the sense that some days, you know, a, a bad day at work, a stressful day at work, you know, I probably come home and I'm not the most enjoyable person to be around. But I can't say that it's affected it much more beyond that. Do you share those celebratory moments with your wife? At times, yeah, certainly. What other things do you like to do besides practice law? You know, I mean, what do you do to clear your head and yeah, I got a couple hobbies. So I, I wouldn't say like they're they're serious. I like playing chess and I like writing. Writing. I still I still write, you know, creatively, poetry, prose, stuff like that. But but for the most part, I ride my bike around. I really like 
riding my bike around in the sunshine. I just kind of float around the city of Oakland, maybe San Francisco, and soak up the sun and ride around at low speed and kind of just do what I want to do. You know, last five years or so, the bike infrastructure has been greatly improved in Oakland. Yeah, that's uh, for sure, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's constantly improving. You know, bike lanes everywhere. You could you could take bike lanes all the way up into Berkeley without ever braking. You know, I like biking uh, over to the to Treasure Island or Yerba Buena Island. And I could take BART in San Francisco, and they got a good bike infrastructure, too. Yeah, I just, you know, just bike around. I, it, there's no... These aren't like 50-mile bike rides. You know, I'm not in spandex, you know, pounding out uh, a ride all the way to Santa Rosa or something. I, I These are like lazy rides for the most part. I, I like just floating around listening to music. What sort of things keep you up at night? Work. You know, I mean, it's the job is very stressful. It's very, very, very stressful. It Mistakes. Man, when I make a mistake... Even if it's not terrible, you know, it it can keep me up at night. Sometimes a bad interaction with the other side, you know, just wearing my brain. It's not so much nerves about the upcoming that keeps me up at night, but rather thoughts of what has transpired. But yeah, mistakes especially. Mistakes, I'm, I'm pretty hard on myself about that, and yeah, it's tough. It's tough to make a mistake. Yeah, well, I mean, I think that as attorneys, we take on responsibility for other people's lives and we take on responsibilities for other people's problems. You know, it's not like we're a surgeon and if we make a mistake, they're going to die. But if we make mistakes, it can really have an adverse effect on people's lives. Definitely. And, but even if it doesn't, have an adverse effect on somebody's life. And usually it doesn't. We make mistakes all the time, but yet the case resolution is no different than it would have been otherwise. It's still a blow to the ego. You know, it, it, it's a blow to my own morale or, or expectations for myself. Like, how did I let that happen? You know, how did I... How did I do that? How did I miss that? You know, it's, it creates self-doubt, I suppose. And, and that, that, that's what keeps me up. And eventually I get over it, you know, move on to the next mis mistake, you know, that sort of thing. You learn from it and you, you move on. Let's say you and your wife came into some real money, a few billion dollars, three, four billion dollars. What, if anything, would you do differently in your life? Well, it probably wouldn't work anymore. <laughs> go, go hang out on the beach, travel a lot. I, I would, I think I, I, if I came into a billion dollars, I would probably pursue my, my passions of, you know, writing, even if it's just for myself, spend my time doing that and hang out with my wife and family and doing, doing fun, enjoyable things and sitting in the sun more and not work, you know, eight to 10 hour days and travel. Yeah, definitely, definitely travel more. I, and what would I do with the billion dollars? I don't know. Presumably donate it, lots of it, but hold enough to where I no longer needed to worry about work or or my or my family's well-being. I imagine that's what happened. I'd probably get out of my apartment, get a bigger place, <laughs> maybe buy a place. <laughs> Have you had any interesting travel experiences? I've been places, yeah. 
No, I mean, I really like my favorite place is Berlin. I love Berlin. That's my favorite city. Why? Well, I really like electronic music, and that's like the epicenter of the world for electronic music. Also, I, I liked the culture over there, and I had a really good time renting bikes and biking around. And there's something about Berlin that just matched with my personality. It felt like yeah, I could live here. You know, this is this is kind of who I am. I also was fortunate. I mean, that, that was a good trip because we met a couple of friends there and had some some good times just, you know, kind of going out in Berlin. But a lot of cool restaurants, a lot of cool bars, a lot of great museums. Yeah, I mean, it's got it all. Vietnam was an interesting place. We're also gone. I've been to Spain, traveled around the United States, playing and a bunch of New Zealand. But yeah, Berlin. Berlin's my favorite. Let's say... Someone gave you 60 seconds on the Super Bowl, said you could put out any message that you wanted to an enormous number of people. What kind of message would you want to put out there? Believe in yourself. You are in control of what you do, and everyone should know that. Let me ask you this one. Let's say you had a magic wand that was one thing in the world that you could change. What would that be? Well, we got all sorts of big scale problems, right? But I, I think if I had a magic wand, I'd go for, I, I'd do some some small scale, leave the big stuff for, for someone else. I, I would like to get rid of all the litter around here in Oakland. I would like people to stop leaving their trash on the ground. I noticed that it has been normalized and it's just everywhere. And uh, it's not the same other places around the world. And I don't think there's a good excuse for us to just be leaving trash on the ground and making our otherwise pretty city kind of unsightly. So if I had a magic wand, I would wave it and everyone would then stop leaving trash on the ground and thinking that was okay. Ryan Kraft, thank you so much for joining me today on the love thy lawyer podcast it's been a pleasure talking to you and it's really been an interesting perspective thanks Lewis. i appreciate your time that's it for today's episode of love thy lawyer if you enjoyed listening please share it with a friend and subscribe to the podcast if you have comments or suggestions send me an email i promise i'll respond take a look at our website at lovethylawyer.com where you can find all of our episodes, transcripts, photographs, and information. Thanks as always to my guests who share their wisdom, and to Joel Katz for music, Brian Matheson for technical support, and Tracy Harvey. I'm Lewis Goodman. I, I don't know about thriving, but you know, I, I'm, you know, doing it. Um, making a living out of it, that's for sure.